Jazz Live and underway here on ESPN Plus. Alongside Hercules Gomez, I'm Sebastian Salazar for what is episode 98 of this show. An episode coming in, Herc, off a weekend where I don't know if you felt this, but my goodness, the speed at which we make the U-turn from international play to club play. And a lot of that U-turn was right here on ESPN Plus. We had FA Cup, we had Bundesliga, we had La Liga. A great weekend here on the platform. You ready? I know I'm ready. You ready? <laughs> Am I ready? Am I ready, he says, Bring questioning it. me on a Monday. Of course, Football America is available for you in podcast form as well. We say it at the beginning of every show, but we know not everybody has ESPN+. Plus. You got some friends. You want to let them in on this little secret? Tell them all about the podcast. They can find it in the ESPN FC feed. In this edition of the show, we got a lot coming up. We got coaches on the hot seat down in Mexico. Mm. We got major, I mean blockbuster moves in MLS. And we got the CONCACAF. Player of the Year nominees for both the men and the women. But uh, why don't we start in Europe with some action from the weekend. And actually, a couple guys who weren't involved in the uh, latest international window. Let's start with Jordan Pifak uh, in the uh, Swiss Super League. He had two goals for young boys, Herc, in a 3-3 draw away against St. Gallen. That's 13 goals in 19 league matches for Pifak. Yeah, you see that little area right there between the 6 and the 18? That's where Jordan Pifak loves to operate. That's a true 9 right there. You sniff it, you smell it, it's intuition, and it's in the back of the net. 18 goals for Pifak in 32 games played across all competitions, so he's doing it in league as well as in Europe. Uh, Young boys, by the way, remember, they're the defending champs in Switzerland. It has not been as easy this season. Uh, They get a 3-3 draw here and right now uh, sit third in the Swiss Super League. Let's go from Switzerland to Germany. Bundesliga, Gio Reyna. Gio Reyna returning after a 163-day injury layoff. He played the last 30 minutes in Borussia Dortmund's 5-2 defeat against Bayer Leverkusen. Not the best way to come back in terms of the team situation, but great, great news to see Gio Reyna back on the field for Borussia Dortmund, who fell and fell hard with Reyna back on the team, but Erling Holland up in the stands. All right, Herc, so we got Gio Reyna and we got Jordan Pifak, neither of whom were called in to the last international window. So let's look ahead to the March window and kind of speculate as to where they might fit in uh, with this U.S. roster. I guess we should start with Pifak, right? Because he's the one that's coming in uh, hot. Let's assume that he continues the form that he's in. Is he a lock to be called in under Greg Berhalter, given the fact that Berhalter has not called him in for any of the last three windows? He's not a lock. Mm. As much as I would love to say Jordan Pivak and that amazing goal-scoring ability that he's proven that he has because what the numbers, about form? Because the what numbers about are form? there, Isn't because the form down is to there. Form? One would think everything would be down mm. to form, but the reality is there seems to be some rotation going on with Gripper Halter and that nine. It's a revolving door situation. I still think... Yeah, and Pifak's an open... not, not, on the outside of that door. He's not in the rotation. Unfortunately, he's on the outside of that door right now. doesn't mean he can't come back because that will give Greg Berhalter credit. He seems to give second opportunities to players a lot. And some of those players have taken advantage of those second opportunities. Mm. Jordan Pifak's a player that you saw in the Nations League semifinal can come on and make a difference for you. He's a player who's very much in form, a very different type of skill set than you have. He should be in the conversation, yes. But Greg Berhalter has proven he doesn't care. Greg Berhalter doesn't care about that. Ricardo Pepe had three goals, three assists, and all of a sudden, a little run of form going on, and then he's got players in Major League Soccer who aren't even nines starting over him. He's got three games, uh, windows, and he plays one of those games. So uh, throw, out, throw that out the window. 
That worries me a bit, but not too much. If we're gonna start talking about Gio Reyna, that's a different conversation, so. You know I've got a soft spot. I'm sure you would call it a blind spot for a few <laughs> players. Josh Sargent, Gio Reyna, Brendan Aronson to an extent. Gio Reyna, in my eyes, has the highest ceiling of any U.S. men's national team player. Not just recently, not just of the last year or two. I'm talking about maybe in its history. That's how fond, fondly I am of Gio Reyna and his ability. So you putting him in the starting lineup or not? That's the question right now. I can't in good conscience put him in the starting lineup for a, a March window. What did you say the number was? 158 days? I think 163 was my count, but yours might be right as well. Wow! Since the last time we saw him, that means the last time we saw him was in El Salvador, Cuscatlan, when he was getting scared of those firecrackers. When ah, he was getting come on. But, but he was one of the better players for the U.S. Men's National on the field, but it's been that long. And it's not structural. So it's not like it's an ACL. It's not like it's a tear of some sort to, to a meniscus or anything like that or a broken bone. It's soft tissue. That worries me. Until he's healthy, until he can show you that he can start and play those significant minutes, I think, if anything, you've got him coming off the bench this next window because he needs to prove that first. But I'm very fond of what he can do and the impact he can have on those around him. It's a hamstring injury, Herc. I wonder if you feel that way about Reyna. Let's assume health. Let's say in the next five, six weeks, he not only starts playing for Dortmund, but proves to you he can go a full 90 minutes in the Bundesliga. Let's say he's hit that threshold. Do you start him or not? Yeah. I do start him. It's easy. Now, the next question is where? Exactly. Is he a winger or is he in the midfield? Well, well I think you play him as a winger and you try to introduce Christian mm. in the center where he drifts mm. anyways. So give Christian, Christian an opportunity to play that number 10 because at Chelsea they play those dual 10s and that's where he wants to play. Maybe centrally. I would mean a Brendan Erickson or a Timothy Weah would be on the outs. But Gio Reyna. At his highest level, the creativity in the final third and the big moments mm. this kid has for just being such a young player. Listen, I will take those intangibles heading into Mexico City. Uh, real quick on PFOC, because I, I think there's a really, really good chance he's going to be by far the most informed number nine when we hit March. Look at the rest of these guys. Who of these guys is not only going to get hot, but then stay hot, which is what PFOC has done. Pepe at Augsburg, is that going to happen? Sargent playing on the wing at Norwich. DK, who's hurt? Zardes, who's going to be, what, two, two weeks, a week into his Major League Soccer season? Who of those guys is going to get hot and stay hot more than PFOC? I think it's not just a case of whether he gets called in, Herc. I think it's whether he starts. The only issue is, does Greg Berhalter actually value this player? Because he's not just started scoring now. He was scoring in October. He was scoring in November for when he was left out. So quickly from you, what I want to know is, is there something in PFOC's game that doesn't fit Burhalter's system and what he's trying to do with his national team. So let's take a look at PFOC when he has played for the national team. Has he really started much? He's been having these appearances off the bench, and they've been successful. Forget about the, the goals. Forget about those chances he has made, the chances he's not made. He's always at the right place at the right mm -hmm. time. He's always knocking on the door, and that's what I want out of a player who plays in that final third. The goals will come. You see form, okay? You score one, it's another. They come in bunches. That's the life of a goal scorer. I need my nine to be in form. I, mean, I need my nine to have opportunities. And a player like Jordan Pifak, who's both in form and has proven that he can bag opportunities, I want that to be a play player. But Greg Berhalter has proven that this nine position is different form. Okay, Herc, let's move on. Speaking of players who were not called in in the last window, uh, a couple interesting scenarios here. Daryl DK and uh, Matthew Hoppy in hot water over content they liked on social media, both caught engaging in what we will call less than pro Burhalter posts. 
Hercules, is this something, nothing, or everything? Is it a view into the soul of how American players feel about their coach? There you go, Seb. There you go. <laughs> when, when you said Hercules, I knew it was over. I'm trying to make, trying to make a mountain out of, of a molehill here. Uh, look, this is Hold nothing. Up. Hold on. Let, nah. me, let me explain. Let me explain. The player, the player your, excusing the players. Look at this. No, it's not an excuse because because let's assume for a second, because we don't know, but let's assume for a second we give him the benefit of the doubt. And Daryl Deke thought it was amusing that Stephen A had a soccer take. There goes your like. Let's assume that for a second. Let's also assume for a second that Matthew Hoppy was like, oh, a soccer uh, billboard in a UNC versus Duke game. Wow, that's pretty funny. Let's mm -hmm. assume that for a second. Let's mm -hmm. also assume for a second it was a Jesse Marsh type of mistake. I pressed the wrong button. I don't know what I'm doing because Jesse's pulled that one before. Okay? Let's <laughs> I assume mean, that. those are different generations. Hold on. Oh, Hold on. Jesse Marsh just boomer. got on Twitter. Let me Making a mistake is acceptable. Matthew Hobby and Daryl Deacon, they grew finish. up with Twitter. Let me finish. Okay? Let's assume that. I don't buy it for one second, but let's assume that. Now, <laughs> the reality of the situation is every single team in the world mm -hmm. has players who are upset with the coach. Every single team. I've been and on those teams. these two weren't called in. These Hold two on. weren't called Hold in. On. The majority of the times, the majority of the time that those players, said players, are upset with the coach, it's the players who don't play, who aren't called in. They have a gripe with said coach. Now, it's not Greg Berhalter's fault that Matthew Hoppy isn't playing for Mallorca, that they're struggling, that he can't get on the field. It's not Greg Berhalter's fault that Daryl Dico, when he had opportunity with Greg Berhalter at the Gold Cup, didn't do well, didn't take so advantage of it. So why are the it. players lashing out on social fault. media? It's also not his fault okay, that he had a bum shoulder and that could have affected him. Mm, mm. You know whose fault it is for mm. these likes? These players. This tells me more about Matthew Hoppe and more about Daryl Dike and their emotional intelligence for these likes than it does anything revolving Greg mm. Berhalter. Mm. I know everybody loves these days to get on Greg Berhalter. Greg Berhalter this, Greg Berhalter that, terrible coaches, terrible coaches that. Ah, que inocente, eh? No, 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 no. And I'm, I'm yeah. one of them, but, I feel, but I'm, not, I'm not biased. I don't just okay. hate to hate, and there's no hate. There's analysis behind it. This, to me, tells me more about the players than the actual situation revolving Greg Berhalter. Uh, look, the internet sleuths were out uh, heavy duty over the weekend to, to dig these you. two up. I think, I think no, 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 no. no. We, <laughs> I'll go back into the WhatsApp group and I'll, I'll, we'll find out who really dropped it in the text chain there, okay? Um, look, it's, it's a bad mistake from both of these guys, Herc, right? You, you just can't do this because you know everybody's going to find it, everybody's going to see it, and shows like us and people on the internet are going to talk about it. And I, I don't think it's such an innocent mistake, huh? I could buy an innocent mistake from Jesse Marsh, although I don't know if that was innocent, but this one's really, really tough, especially her given the context, right? Okay. They're players who right now um, are on the outs. One thing is the internet, the internet is, it, we get so much information on this team from the internet. Remember after the game in Minnesota, how many guys kind of went on their Instagram and, and complained said, about the weather, and complained, yes. and said, I don't want to do this again. Yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan of this. I hope this is the last time we have to go through this. So um, if you love the U.S. men's national team and you want to know how they feel, you know where to go. All right, something, just, nothing, just or everything then, Seb. Just follow the guys on social media. Oh, it's something. It's something for sure. It's something between these players. And we know Matthew Hoppe and Greg Berhalter have that, um, let's say, interesting relationship, right? Interesting relationship. Also not Berhalter's fault. dynamic. Let's run it back here because we had some big plays uh, over the weekend from American players. We'll start with a Brendan Aronson assist herc in the Austrian Cup, a win for Red Bull Salzburg. 
This is good to see. It's one of my soft spots, blind spot, but he needs to get back to these ways. He's been such a productive player for both club and country, but he's been in a little bit of slump. Hopefully this is the first of money to get him out of said slump. How about Salzburg holding on to him too over a uh, January transfer window that saw a lot of interest from abroad. FA Cup on ESPN Plus this weekend. Manchester City beating Fulham oh, come on. on Saturday. Oh, come on! Uh, should Tim Ream have gotten an own goal here? No! When production said this, I was like, okay, I checked it out. There's no way you should get an own goal for this. Well, I mean, it's not on target when it's shot, is oh, it? Oh, come on! It's going towards goal. Tim Ream's trying to make a play on it. Come on! That is harsh. Very harsh that production harsh. here. That is harsh. I mean, they didn't credit it with an own goal, to be fair. They gave the goal to uh, Tamarez. Yeah, you should get so, it. Uh, Amarez, by the way, that's his right foot, and you can tell. <laughs> easy, <laughs> easy. I mean, he's still scoring, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, no complaints okay. there as uh, City advanced in the FA Cup. By the way, it's a match that Zach Steffenherk started. Uh, curiously, after he missed the last international window with what we were told was a back injury. Hmm. Well, okay, don't read too much into it. Don't get on a transatlantic flight with back spasms and then expect to be fine. Uh, this also, it's a sitter for the for the player right there. Not much he can do. Leaning one way, that's what you're supposed to do. It happens. But Zach Steffen, starting again. I like it. There you go. And how about in the Bundesliga? George Bello making his Bundesliga debut with Armenia Bellafield. He played 19 minutes in a 1-1 draw against Joe Scaliless. Mönchengladbach. Joe Scaliless, sorry. Uh, well, he was few, on the bench. He was, he on, was the bench. on the bench. Just, yeah. uh, a few things. George Bello literally got off the flight and went to this game or what? Like, what's going on Ooh. here? You talk about an acclimation period. Nah, I'm ready to go. This is what you want to see. 19 minutes. Weren't the best at times. Got his feet wet. Got it going. All right, let's go to Syria. Johan Vasquez. Starting and playing the full 90 as Genoa kept a clean sheet even though they were man down for the last 25 minutes of the game against Roma. A match that finished in a scoreless draw. Big point for Genoa who are in a tough, tough relegation fight. Vasquez playing a left back and a back four in this one. But uh, once again playing for Genoa in Syria. Fans in Mexico asking he's good enough for Syria but not for CONCACAF. So the question to you, Herc. Is did Tata Martino make a mistake not playing Johan Vasquez at all, at all, in the last international window? Mistake? I don't know. Expected? Yeah. Your boy told you. No, 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 no. The question was not expected. The question was mistake. Well, let me tell you why I'm not sure if it's a mistake. Let's look at the games. They play against Jamaica in a game that they controlled very much. The center backs were not an issue. Uh, Moreno and Araujo played extremely well that game. That game should have been probably won by a lot more. You go to the second game versus Costa Rica, and it was Montes and, I believe, Araujo, right? Montes mm -hmm. Moreno versus Costa Rica. Also not at fault. You know what was at fault? That midfield. The combination of Hector Herrera. And once Edson Alvarez came out at I don't time, care if the forwards are listen bad. To I don't what care I'm if the saying. midfielders are bad. Well, the clean your ears and take a listen. You'll hear the answer you want to hear. You asked a question. Let me answer it, Seb. Okay? Not an issue again to center backs. No, Hector Moreno was brilliant. Yes, yeah, they were brilliant. 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 The center backs from Mexico were amazing in this last window. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You think they were the problem? If no, you no, go no. To the That's total, not the total question. The problem. You're, look, look, because you don't like the decision that was made, don't go and say, well, the seventh 
problem here is the main problem, and this is why Mexico couldn't get a result. So how do you explain that Johan Vasquez is good enough to play in Serie A, but not in a CONCACAF World Cup qualifier? By the way, there were three games, huh? There were three games. He didn't get one minute in three games? Hey, your man, your man's not played much at the senior national level. And I've been telling you and this. And that's the problem. And, and that's I've the been problem. telling you this Tata for a Martino lot. You just don't want to hear. You don't want to hear it. When I told you he's not rated by Tata Martino, you scoffed. And bah. why is that? Bah. And why you is that? Up, why is you the brought Serie up statistics rated, but Tata for the Martino worst team it. in Italy. And look how no. defensive he is. Look at these statistics for the worst team in Italy. Fine, Seb. He's a very good player. Mm-mm. I'm not discounting that. I'm not arguing that. And in a I'm position trying of to need, tell you how why often have we said that central defense is a position of need? I'm not excusing it. I am telling you, I don't think Moreno was bad this window. I don't think Montes was bad this window. I don't think Araujo was bad this window. I think everybody in front of him was bad this window. I think if you look at the totem pole of problems for L3, center back in this window was way at the bottom. Johan Vasquez, should he be playing a bit more or at least introduced more in a three-window or three-game window? Absolutely. I believe so. But guess who doesn't? Tata Martino. Guess who told you he wouldn't? Tata Martino. You did. You did. <laughs> yes, I did. You did. Yes. You did. Uh, my, my complaint me. here against Tata Martino is that he's so slow to bring in somebody new yeah. like a Johan Vasquez, right? It's the same case with Eric Gutierrez, who's clearly in form, yeah. but doesn't get a single minute. He's not getting minutes. Why not give these guys a chance? And I'll make the direct comparison here to somebody like Greg Berhalter, who we criticize for all the rotations, but he gives guys shots. More oh, than have, any you, other team in CONCACAF. Luca De La Torre, you, you had a, you've had a, a great season at Heracles. Boom. I'm not only going to bring you in, I'm going to start you in a huge Crucial. game. Yeah. Greg Berhalter is showing that he has way more confidence in players who might not have that huge resume than Tata Martino, and I think that's weighing against this Mexican national team. Tata Martino is way too slow on the trigger with some of these moves, Herc. He's way too reliant on veterans and on the comfortable you players go. that he believes Br- in. Briefly before production goes to the next, he's too reliant on those uh, those sacred cows, those mm. veterans who have been here forever. He doesn't want to move Guardado, Hector Herrera. He doesn't want to move the center backs. He likes his experienced players. Raul Jimenez to an extent as well. That's just Tata Martino. Okay, also on ESPN Plus, of course, we've got the Eredivisie Dutch top flight, where we know uh, Ajax played over the weekend, beating Heracles 3-0. Another hmm here, Herc. Edson Alvarez played all 90 minutes, just like Zach Steffen. Of course, Edson didn't play against Panama in the last World Cup qualifier. Played only 45 minutes against Costa Rica, came off injured. He was on the bench unused against Jamaica. So again, fans in Mexico asking, well, if he's healthy enough for Ajax... Why isn't he healthy enough for the Mexican national team, Herc? Uh, As a fan, I'm not cool with this. Are you cool with it? Uh, I'm not a fan. Uh, I know you're not. Let me tell you why. You're a hater. I, let me tell you why I am cool with it for Edson Alvarez and only Edson Alvarez. Let's stop using Zach Steffen's name to make a point. Zach Steffen didn't get on that flight because it could have caused more back spasms. There's a difference. Transatlantic oh, flight. What's going on on these flights that people are just breaking out in back spasms? My goodness. Oh, hold Come on a second. On. Hold on a second. Tecatito Corona and Tata Martino had this exchange about the mm. transatlantic flight. Don't go on if you're injured. It can make Bring things worse. Bring your foam worse. roller. Bring your foam roller. All right, guys. Brian. Okay, okay. Do you want to talk about this or not? Edson Alvarez, <laughs> to me, if you look at the situation, it's a player said one thing. Are you good to go? Edson said, yes. Are you sure? Are you 100? Edson probably said, I'm not 100, but I'm good to go. No player is ever 100%. Tata Martino said, you know what? 
I don't want to risk it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to risk it for my team. I don't want to risk it for you, et cetera, et cetera. It sounds to me like Edson wanted to play more. Dr. Martino said, not today, son. And guess what? Guess who didn't say not today? Ajax. Played Why? 90 minutes Why for Ajax. Why does Ajax trust the player and Tata Martino doesn't? That's a great question. That is the million dollar question, but we're seeing it on all levels. Mm. Tata likes to micromanage in a way that we didn't see before. We've not heard about before. No at Paraguay, no at Barcelona, no in Argentina. Atlanta United, but there seems to be this micromanagement going on with Mexico. The Tata way or the highway? And Edson found the highway. Uh, in, in our production meeting, I suggested some kind of, not backroom deal, but a deal between the Federation and the club, right? Because it's, it's like the only way that it makes sense, that, that they, they must have put something in, in Edson's contract or in their dealings with the national team that says, hey, if you're with L3 and you feel anything, you're done. You shut it down and you don't play a second until you come back to us. Because I, look, from a, from a need standpoint, Mexico needed him way yep. more against Panama Absolutely. Than, than Ajax needs him against Fourteenth uh, place or whatever, Heracles. Guess who has the okay. ultimate say in Even that? Even though Luca de la Torre. Guess is in who there. has the ultimate say in that? I hope it would. I hope the player would have the ultimate say, but we know national it's, it's team. Martino. National team trumps mm. everything. That's it. Okay, well, of course, uh, FA Cup available for you on ESPN Plus. So is the Copa del Rey. We got the semifinals coming up this week. Rayo Vallecano against. Real Betis, ooh, maybe with uh, Andres Guardado, Diego Lainez appearance in that one. This is the uh, first leg on Wednesday afternoon. Don't miss it on ESPN Plus, available in English and in Spanish. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Let's start with Rayados of Monterrey, who in humiliating fashion crash out of the Club World Cup, defeated by Al-Akhli, the Egyptian and African champions. As right. you saw there, fans both in Mexico and those that traveled to the United Arab Emirates very upset with the manager. We saw the hashtag Fuera Vasco trending. What do you think, Herc? Is it time for Rayados to part ways with Javier Aguirre just two months, two months into his tenure? Tranquilo, amigo Rayados. Hi. Like, seriously? Uh, you're seeing protests all over Rayados in Monterrey. Like, they're asking for the directiva, the board to resign. Like, what do you want them to do? Spend more money? They're already the richest roster uh, in Mexico, one of the richest rosters in Latin America. This is this is par for the course uh, for Rayados at the Club World Cup. But you know what it is? They're chasing Tigres and everything Tigres does. But this is more of what we've seen. Rayados has had one of the richest rosters for I don't know how many years. Post Bucetich, this is what you get. Profe Cruz comes in, richest roster as well. Nah, no good. After that, Turco Mohamed, he comes in, 
Eh, guess what? No good. Conca champions, you do well. Diego Alonso comes in, guess what? Ah, no good. Turco Mohamed comes in again, ah, guess what? No good. So now it's Javier Aguirre, one of the all-time best Mexican managers in their history. This is not me, these are numbers, this is pretty much what every pundit will tell you. Guess what? Not good enough again. What mm. about this roster? Everything the Directiva does, the board does, is assemble this amazing roster on paper. But it's the same thing because they are chasing what Tigres have done. They are chasing Tigres in what is club soccer at the league level, at the cup level, and also now at the club World Cup level. Mm. Tigres gets to a final, loses to Bayern Munich. The bar is let's be the best team of all time, best Mexican team in this competition. Let's at least get to where Tigres got to. And that's all they concentrate. Al-Khali, you know how many absent players they had? They had over 10 players. A dozen, right? A dozen or so. Easily over 10 players that weren't there because they were playing with Egypt in the African Cup of Nations. Okay, they were playing against a second-tier team, and they managed only so two it's a shots fracaso. on target. Fracaso, it's a fracaso, and it's, a, it's another big fracaso under Aguirre in this tenure with Rayados. But but that's okay for you. That's okay. It's, so you it's say par for the you, course for Rayados. You say he stays, right? Yes. Uh, so uh, I think in our production meeting I said he should go. Herc says no. I say he should go. Uh, now, but I've been, I've been back. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Don't make no? me pull the receipts. You said he should stay. No, look at that. Look at the graphic. The graphic <laughs> no. reveals the truth. The graphic oh, reveals the truth. Now, but see, but see, but see, now I'm, I'm, I'm coming back. So okay. here's why you would say yes. Here's why you would say yes. Um, I, I think, I think Rayados, as you mentioned, has shown a history. I don't know what you mean by Mohamed's first tenure. He lasted almost three years. So yeah. in, in Liga MX stand, you know, standards, that's like a, a decade. Um, <laughs> after that, we've seen that Rayados coaches basically. Yeah. Yes, in the second one, he lasts a year, a little more than a year. Same with Diego Alonso, his tenure lasts about a year. So it's not that Rayados managers have the longest shelf life, but we are just talking about two months. I mean, he literally got hired on, on December 7th. The other thing is, I mean, the fracasos are serious, right? They, they, they finished ninth last season. You talk about a, a, a great roster, a great team. On a day, even against an al with 12 players missing, things can happen, incidents of football. But when a roster that good over a season comes in ninth, that's when you start to say, okay, mm. el funcionamiento. Take a like, look at that season, Seb. What happened? What happened? Well, There's 17 the games there. Look at the amount of internationals oh, what, they have. What happens in Liguilla? Hold on. They go out look to Look at Atlas. the amount of internationals they have. Look at you. Look at you. Oh, when, when we want to criticize Rayados, you make it about Tigres. This is how it goes. No, I'm Incredible. just saying. This is par for the course. You show me a successful tenure at Rayados without Bucetich. Okay, they're inconsistent at best. They're chasing what what Tigres has done this past, want to say, 11, 12 years now, going mm-hmm. on 12 years. That's what they're doing. That is their goal. It's not their own history. It's chasing Tigres. There has been no success, successful, consistent Rayados team post Busetich. So Aguirre has this incredible team. He's this incredible coach, and he can't get him above ninth, and he and he can't get him past a, a totally depleted team in the first game of the FIFA Club World Cup. He's been so there. For, he's it? been there for six months, Seb. You okay. think that's enough time? Give him, give him some time, no, he, Seb. He's been there he's, two months. He's, he's been there two months. No, he's been there six. He's for six last season and whatever you want to say right now. This three and a half weeks. Okay, enough on Rayados. Let's move from one hot seat to another. From the FIFA Club World Cup to the Mexican League, where America was at home against Atlético. The San Luis and things did not go well, Hercules. A 3-2 defeat 
Now, eight games across all competitions without a win for Club América. They currently sit 16th place, or 16th place in the Mexican League. Is it time for América and Las Aguilas to say adios to their much maligned manager, Santiago Solari? Say it with your chest, Seb. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say it with such despair. First of all, this 3-2, uh, excuse me, is, is, is very, yes, it's very deceiving because this oh, was. No, 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 no. There are no deceiving results with America. You win or you lose. Don't tell me about deceiving at home against San Luis. You want to listen? You want to listen? It, it could have been 5-0. It's deceiving because you look at the scoreline, you think it was a close game. It was not. They were trounced and trounced well at home against the San Luis team. But this is their first, this is the first time they scored all season. Sambuesa, a couple assists there. He's like 47 years old and he's still playing. He's still cutting up at Club America. It got close towards the end, but they were out. They were thoroughly outplayed. Uh, mm. This America went from being a pragmatic, uh, predictable, yet disciplined, and very dynamic team. Um, some would say still boring to a mm -hmm. just predictably boring team. Mm -hmm. And Solari has gotten gotten every single player he has asked for. Uh, he wanted Fidalgo, he got Fidalgo. He wanted Mere, he got Mere. He, he wanted Diego Valdez, he got Diego Valdez. Uh, everything he's wanted, he's gotten except Sanz, that right winger. And if you're telling me this is the only reason they're not winning because they don't have that right winger, I don't buy it. This is Solari wearing thin, that style of place mm. wearing, or play wearing thin with the players, him being so pragmatic, wearing thin with the fan base, uh, and just in general, everybody else. They've not won since October 23rd of last year. So it's 107 days. You getting rid of him or not? Yesterday, when he couldn't beat Pachuca, when he lost to Pumas in playoffs, that's Oof. when you get rid of him. This is what I've been trying to tell you last season when they're on this incredible start and you were like, hey, hey, look at, hey, look at America. And I said, man, have you seen their schedule? This is a product of the schedule. You laughed. Oh, hater. Oh, Amarista. Oh, I don't know what. Seb, will you acknowledge now that this is over? Mm. It feels very harsh, Rick. It feels very harsh. <laughs> After all of the last two seasons, when he was winning in the league, Right, and we said it doesn't matter what he does in the league. It really does not matter what he does in the league until he gets to Ligia, until it's CONCACAF Champions League final. It does not matter. Okay. Well, guess what? What? Now it matters. Okay, now it matters. Seb. I mean, what are we we going? We're going months. We're going November, December, January. That America fans have not been able to celebrate a victory. Three months for America fans, and he had the international break to sort things out, and things seem to be getting uh, not better. Not stable, but worse after the international break. I think Solari has to go. He has to go now, Herc. There's no other way to see it for me. And in America, we always talk about it, right? You got to win and play well. If you don't play well, you got to win, right? Right. If you don't win and you play well, you might buy yourself some time. But if you don't win and you don't play well, there's nothing left. There's absolutely nothing left. Such is the exigencia of America. Santiago Solari has to go. Quickly, really quickly, quickly. Santiago Baños is in that boat as well. Because we've seen teams with less win mm. CONCA champions, win Copa MX, win league titles. Different coaches, same group, win those titles. Solari, Baños have not. And that's an issue. Okay, quick recap of Jornada 4. We'll do a good, bad, ugly from down in Liga MX. 
Start with the good Puebla. 2-0 winners over Querétaro, Herc. Your beloved Puebla, top of the table with Atlas. With Atlas. Atlas is almost expected right now. Están un poco agrandados, right? They're, they're, they're feeling themselves a bit, and they're playing very well. That's not a surprise to the defending champions. Puebla should not be a surprise to you. What is a surprise is how mm. well they keep doing despite selling their best players every single season. Despite their youngest prospects, the prospects that have a good amount of possibility of playing the first team going off to Europe and not stepping into that first team, they are still doing well. And there's a reason for this. Larcamón, their coach is so good at dealing with and getting the most out of what he has. I'm going to say it right now. If there comes a time for Mexico to have oh. this, we need we need that rescue coach like like Miguel Herrera, excuse me, was in 2014. It's Larcamón. There it is. All right, the bad. Cholos, one nothing winners over Pumas. Facundo Ferreira, Herc. He had himself uh -oh. a shocker. Uh-oh. There's one. Okay, that wasn't too bad. All right, he had another 1v1, a real 1v1, a sitter. You're gonna see it right about, there it is. And watch this. Oh, Talavera makes himself big? Sure. Is it on turf? Sure. Should he put it away? Yes. How about another one? Oh, another 1v1. Talavera, make yourself big again. Do it. Oh, my man is trying to chip on turf. What are you looking at? Don't look at the referee. Don't look at the linesman to bail you out there, but you got a penalty kick. How about this? Can you make it? <laughs> Oh, you missed it. Oh, he moved, so let's do it again. Oh, two bites of the apple, two wow. penalty kicks, misses them both. But out in his defense, Cholos has a history of hiring bad nines. No, yes, they do, they do. Or just at the wrong time of their careers. Ugly, Pachuca Necaxa, Pachuca's Roberto De La Rosa with this amazing miss. I feel bad because De La Rosa is actually a very good forward. He's a young kid, yeah. and he may have been offsides already, but that should not be an excuse. He's offsides. But wow, you got to put that away. A little deflection there from the uh, defender. Maybe keeping the flag down. Uh, De La Rosa, a Mexico U17 and U20 player. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Let's talk MLS. Chicago Fireheart close to a deal with Lyon for Jerdan Shakiri, a transfer fee of $7 million, around $7 million reported. Uh, Shakiri, of course, didn't play for Lyon in their uh, recent game against Monaco, so uh, prepping for the move, the former Liverpool man, now 30, will be a designated player, a huge signing for Chicago and for Major League Soccer, right up there with Lorenzo Insigne to TFC, so why not compare the two, Herc? Who is more likely to win MLS MVP this year, Shakiri or Insigne? 
more likely Insignia. Let me let me start off with Shakiri and, and why that's not too likely. Yeah, he's 30 years old, still a very good age. Coming off an abysmal six months uh, in, in France where he played the Europa League, five games, zero goals. In league play, he's only got three goals, two assists. Not his best moments. I'm like, okay. Count that off, he, you know, Liverpool, he didn't play too much towards the end, so what are we looking at? Go back to his stats, his last productive season, came as a Stoke player, 2017-2018 Premier League season. I mean, that's, that's a while ago, Seth. Mm -hmm. and, and also, I don't know what the fire are gonna look like. If they look like what they've looked like in years of past, it could be another train wreck, a dumpster fire, right? But Insigne is one of the more talented players of his generation in Italy, a player very much still in his prime 30 years of age, both for club and country, going into a setup where I think he's going to have more of a supporting cast around him with a man who's used to introducing stars to Major League Soccer and having them explode onto the scene. Bob Bradley does this for a living. He was very good with the Chicago Fire. He was very good with LAFC, very good with, with Chivas USA. He does this for a living. If he can get half the numbers mm. out of Insignia that he got mm. out of Carlos Vela, this man could win MVP. Yes, absolutely. Over Shakiri, who's got, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking Lorenzo all day. Yeah. If Vegas was doing odds on this, Herc, they would definitely agree with you. They would definitely agree with you that Lorenzo Insignia, probably based on his ability and the team that he's going right. to is the favorite right now over Shakiri. But I, I'll make the case for Shakiri because I, I think it's very interesting. One, I don't know, you know, we do work for ESPN. I know I was covering it, so maybe you turned the TV off. Did you see him at the Euros? Yes. Th there's a pretty good body of work there, okay? So we know yes. he can still do it at the highest, highest yes. level. Yes, 100 plus no games doubt about for Switzerland. That. I understand, yes. No doubt about that. Uh, to me, this is a player who, with Switzerland going to the World Cup, will be extremely motivated, at least in this first year, to kind of keep that high level and make sure that he's still an important part of that team. We don't know if Italy's going to the World Cup, huh? So that, that motivation, that potential motivation for Lorenzo ah, Insigne... he will be rested. May not be there. May not <laughs> be there. He will be rested. He uh, will the be other rested. Thing, the other thing, I, I, I just, I hope this hits for Chicago. Yeah. Because Chicago for, it, for MLS has been an unmitigated disaster for a while. There's the blip of Bastian Schweinsteiger, Dax McCarty. Other than that, you've got to go back to Cuauhtémoc Blanco. The Did last you say time Dax they were, McCarty? They were really, truly relevant no, you know, across like the league. They need something big. Right. That's a huge market, and it's been a huge failure for a long well, time. And if Shaquille's the guy to, to, to finally get Chicago on the right foot, better, yeah. better, better that than not. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying about Chicago needing to be relevant. They've not been relevant in their own market because they've either mm -hmm. not been in the actual Chicago market or the stadium or the actual players. They've not had those marquee players. But I miss the Chicago days. I miss the days of Chris Rolfe. I miss the days of, of Kalen Carr. I miss the days of Cuauhtémoc Blanco. I miss the days of them being protagonists in this league. Let's talk about some other big names headed to Major League Soccer. Uh, and I'm talking big, big resumes. Her Douglas Costa, the Brazilian winger, ex-Bayern Munich, ex-Juventus, set to join the LA Galaxy on loan at first and then on a free agent deal through the summer of 2023. He's 31 years old. He was at Grêmio last, who were relegated to the Brazilian second division. So, uh, interesting potential there. Douglas Costa, 31 years old, probably on the back end of his career. Now, we definitely know this next player is on the back end of his career. Carlos Tevez, 38-year-old Carlos Tevez, has been linked with DC United. Also, reports out of Argentina today that Orlando City and Minnesota United are also interesting. He, interested. He last played for Boca Juniors in 2021 last year. Okay, Herc. Time for another comparison 
Which of these two big names with big resumes is more likely to flop? Should they come and end up in Major League Soccer? Oh my goodness, I'm so tempted to say anything related. Anything related to DC United, is, I'm so tempted to say already automatic flap, but I love Carlitos Tevez. I, yes, I understand, Seb. I understand what this franchise means to you and what they mm -hmm. meant to Major League Soccer because they were the bar uh, at the beginning of their infancy. Carlos Tevez is one of the most contagious players you will ever see. Mm -hmm. Carlos Tevez in his prime was a world beater, something just So why do you think there. he's going to be a flop? He's 38 years old, and it's D.C. United. And, ah, but and what are your expectations? Well, Losada, what are your expectations? Losada and the way he plays, it's very physically mm -hmm. demanding. It wears on those players. It's a weird fit, right? It's a it's, weird it's a idea. Very, That's a it's a very high weird press. Fit. You don't yes. think Dennis at 38 is going to do the, that? The, the, it's the San Jose of the East. It's mm -hmm. Matias Almeida of the East. I don't like the fit. But Douglas Costa in Los Angeles. Douglas Costa in Cali. Do you know Douglas Costa... Went down to the Bay, went down, got relegated when he was at Gremio. He had yeah, an opportunity. Tell me the story of Gremio. Why don't you tell me the story well, of Douglas uh, Costa uh, at Gremio? Apparently, apparently our, man, our, our man had an opportunity to fight promotion relegation last game of the season and decided he, he couldn't play. Uh, apparently, he was at a wedding. Um, so, who knows what type of Douglas Costa you're going to get? Mm -hmm. Who knows if you're going to see the best of Douglas Costa if we see the numbers right there? Not yeah. exactly flying. Douglas Costa in his prime, a very good player. You cannot discount that. Douglas mm -hmm. Costa, and here's the problem with some DPs. They see Major League Soccer. They see the opportunity to live in the States or North America mm -hmm. as an opportunity to go on vacay. Mm -hmm. This worries me. Even though I know what I'm getting out of Greg Berhal I'm sorry, Greg Vanny. Excuse me. Greg <laughs> Vanny and the LA Galaxy. I, I like what Greg Vanny can do, but I, I don't know if this is a recipe for success. Mm. Uh, one quick note on Tevez, right? He, he told uh, media recently, stop playing seven months ago. So that right. doesn't really bode well. Right. Uh, but the point, I think the point is the expectations there are, would not really be that high. You've got Ola Kamara, who almost won the Golden Boot last year, although there's some reports maybe he could be... He could be, be traded, uh, yeah. He could be, he could be moved, but, but right now he's on the team. So you don't, you're not bringing in Carlos Tevez to lead the line. And if you expect him at 38 to do so, um, come on, you're crazy. The Douglas Costa one to me, I mean, I could see that going south in a hurry for the, for the reasons you mentioned um, and, and just knowing what the LA Galaxy are. It's a, it's a big gamble, right? Huge upside, uh, but the potential for a flop for me with Costa is much bigger than with Tevez if we're just uh, well, Because being of the honest. age, you, you don't expect it to be a flop. At 31 years of age, you, you assume he still has a lot to offer. Josie Altidore. Let's, let's move on to a player who's been in MLS for quite some time, but is moving from Toronto FC to the New England Revolution. Reportedly, uh, TFC buying his contract out. He's 32 years old. He's got a three-year deal, Herc, for TAM money. TAM money, not DP money. Uh, Herc, what do you see in Josie's future? An MLS All-Star game, a U.S. call-up, or both? Uh... Remember, if Josie's or being neither. bought out, or neither. if Josie's being bought out, that DP money's already there. So he's just getting more on top of that, or the equivalent of. What do I see more? Uh, I, I can see both, and let me tell you why I can see Ooh. both. Josie Altidore just turned 32 in November. Mm -hmm. Josie Altidore went healthy around players that are good or similar to his footballing IQ, and I'm talking the final third, that footballing brain and combination mm -hmm. is very, very good. Think about TFC with Giovinco, Victor Vasquez, with uh, Delgado, with Osorio, Bradley, that type of setup. You're gonna put him in a setup with Gustavo Bo, Adam Buxa, Carles Gil, Coach well, how are you gonna get? How are you gonna get all those guys on the field? Oh, are, on, you sure, are you sure Josie is a starter oh. in New England? Well, maybe, maybe well, 
half the season he could be because Adam Books is about to be dealt mm. uh, come summertime. But think about okay. this for a second. Coached by the man who wrote the book in Major League Soccer. We've said this so many times. Bruce Arena plays chess. The rest of these coaches in Major League Soccer play checkers. If so the Bruce Arena stamp of approval, that's enough for you. It's more than enough in Major League Soccer, but I'm, I'm being very honest with this. Look at Gustavo Bo, the goals and assists combination. Adam Buxa, goals and assists. Carles Hill, the assist. These are, this is a very good footballing team in the final third. Scoring goals or creating opportunities is not a problem. If Josie can stay healthy, he will be an all-star. He will score goals. And the way we have this revolving nine, the way that he has... Greg Berhalter has shown a penchant for giving players opportunity with his skill set, his experience... I can put him I can put him easily in this conversation. Mm. I will not for the life of me say this won't happen. Do you remember our very first bet on this show? Maybe a month into this show's history, you said that Josie Altador would be the all-time leading scorer yeah. in US men's national team I history. Do. I, I took the bet. Yeah. Um, we're, stay, we're still waiting. I'd offer you an early buyout, but but we'll keep it a, <laughs> we'll keep it alive for now. Can I be honest with you? I think it's more likely he gets a US call-up than an MLS All-Star call-up just cuz I think there's there's, there's less competition for nines with the U.S. pool than there is in Major League Soccer. Well, not only right? that, not only that it's, it's very easy to get a call-up these days. One good moment, one good streak, and you get a call-up these days. That's what it is. Okay, enough, enough on uh, Josie Altidore. DeAndre Yedlin uh, completing his move from Besiktas to Inter-Miami on a free transfer. Uh, there was reportedly interest elsewhere in Europe, including the English Championship. Herc, this move, of course, comes in a World Cup year. It's a player coming back to Major League Soccer. So it begs the question, will this move from Besiktas to Inter-Miami hurt DeAndre Yedlin's World Cup chances? Uh, if, very quickly, if you've not read the ESPN story on Yedlin and his yes, move. Yes, Bruce it, Schoenfeld. Yes, it, it is amazing. Read it, do yourself a mm -hmm. favor. Uh, this won't affect them one bit. Greg Berhalter has proven that he doesn't care where you play. You can play in Major League Soccer. He'll still give you that opportunity. DeAndre Yedlin is very much still part of that right-back pool. He mm -hmm. also happens to be the most experienced right-back that you have and one of the most experienced players you have on the national team. And it seems like Greg Berhalter uh, likes having him around and likes giving him opportunities in big games. Dos Acero versus Mexico, he starts. You know, the first window, he started his fair share amount uh, of games, of minutes. This is a player that I see very much in the setup. And now he's going go to go be in a situation where he's comfortable with Chris Henderson, who pretty much scouted him and brought him up uh, through uh, as a homegrown in Seattle, now at Inter-Miami. This could be good for, for Yedlin. It could bring him back to his happy place, if you will. Get him back to playing in a confident way. And That's the point. Greg That's Berhalter, the point. Greg Berhalter seems to not care if you play Major League Soccer. So you yeah. meant, actually, I, actually, I think he cares a lot, and I think it, it's, a, it's an advantage for players. To your point about the Bruce Schoenfeld article, which is still available on ESPN.com, yeah. I, I think what you see there is a player who in Besiktas was not maybe enjoying the footballing experience, the personal experience. You would know better than I how much happiness actually impacts a player on the field. But it seemed like Yedlin was, was ready for this move. I, I think that's very, very important here to know. Like on a personal level, yeah. it, it may improve his play, which will help his World Cup chances. I think it's a very standard idea to say, hey, you're, you're going from a, a better level to a worse level in a World Cup year. That'll hurt your chances. But we know that's not the case with Greg Berhalter. We know, in fact, it's not a disadvantage. It's an advantage. Greg Berhalter likes what he knows, and he knows Major League Soccer. And I think players in MLS at this point, if you're looking at going to Europe or staying at home, you say, man, for this coach right now, not what's for best for my career, best for my development, best for my pocketbook. 
This coach right now really has a huge value on MLS. So not only for DeAndre Yedlin, I think any player thinking about making this move in this year will not be shy about it because it's clear that Greg Berhalter won't hold being an MLS against you in anything. It'll be a, a case for you. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Let's move on to CONCACAF, Herc. Big news for CONCACAF. We have our nominees for Player of the Year, both on the men's side and the women's side. We'll talk about the men on Thursday's show. Uh, let's start with the ladies. Here's your nominees. Crystal Dunn of the United States, Jesse Fleming of Canada, Lindsay Horan of the U.S. Women's National Team, Steph LeBay, the Canadian goalie, Stephanie Mayor of Tigres. We've got some Mexican representation in there. And Christine Sinclair of the Canadian women's national team, who, of course, won gold at the Olympics in Tokyo. So, Herc, who should be, in your estimation, the women's player of the year in CONCACAF? Well, let's start by it has to be a Canadian. Uh, they're one Why? of the only ones. Why does it have to be a Canadian? A, a gold medal would be a great reason, right? That's, that's a you huge. You're pro Canada, the Canada yeah, loving I, ways. I will, hello, Canada. Keep waving that flag for Canada, but they won something. So, LeBay, goalkeeper. Fleming's, okay, stepped up in some PKs, some penalty kicks, but Christine Sinclair, mm. if you will, bear with me. A legacy award type of deal. Okay. In a year where she wins gold, Okay, when she celebrated for 188 international goals more than any other person on this planet, male or female, Okay, in a year where that's being celebrated, CONCACAF should take this opportunity to celebrate a gold medal, celebrate Christine Sinclair, reaching, by the way, 300-plus games as an international for Canada. This is, in, this is insane. This is crazy. This is an opportunity to CONCACAF to reward one of its own. CONCACAF mm-hmm. to highlight what one of their players has done at the world's level. I see no other player you should give it to besides a Canadian, and she's the obvious choice for me when you look at Canadians. Okay, it's hard to argue against your logic, right? If we assume, if we take it, you know, okay, Canada won the Olympics. They beat the U.S. when it mattered most. They are the best team in CONCACAF, and I guess logically the best player in CONCACAF, you can make the case, uh, should come from the best team. Uh, my choice, my choice would be Lindsey Horan. Uh, I think Lindsey Horan is right now the best player in this region, right? And I think coming off the year that she had, both with the U.S. Women's National Team, and you can point to the Olympics and say, hey, the U.S. wasn't able to overcome Canada. Lindsey Horan was there. Lindsey Horan was one of the few consistent points for the U.S. women, not just at the Olympics, but all year. I mean, it was a team that struggled with consistency in those games, but Lindsey Horan was there every single game. She led the team in minutes. She's incredibly versatile. Shows she could play as an eight. Shows she could play as a six. For me, if I'm building a team right now, Lindsey Horan is that player. She is the Women's Player of the Year, and right now, she's at the peak of her career. It's why Leon goes out to get her, right? Yep. They, they need the best players in the world. They went for Lindsey Horan. But man, it's, I can't argue Christine Sinclair, and I definitely can't argue Christine Sinclair in a year where Canada wins Olympic gold. I mean, I, I'm with you. Career Achievement Award, fair play. If it, if if it works will. out that way, I got no complaints with it. You know, the, the fans are involved in this vote. Do you like that or not? Not really. 
Yeah, I don't it is. like that. I, I don't really like it. I, I, listen, and it's not just in this sport. In any sport, when you get mm-hmm. fans involved, it becomes a popularity contest. In Major League Soccer, it's Seattle, it's Atlanta who are winning these goal of the weeks. And you're like, wait a second. How did this Golasso get beat by mm-hmm. the Seattle goal or this Atlanta goal? It's because fans vote as well. It, it It's an unfair advantage, if you will, from some of those smaller clubs who mm-hmm. have better players, who have more achievements, who can't get their due because fan voting. Hercules Gomez continuing his anti-fan messaging here on Football Americas. Lindsay Horan and the U.S. Women's National Team in action in 10 days' time. First game of the She Believes Cup for the American Women, February 17th. That's a Thursday from Dignity Health Sports Park, U.S. against the Czech Republic game you can watch on ESPN. Herc, in case you missed it, from Liga Mekis Femenil, Atletico San Luis against Toluca. Crazy play here. San Luis's goalie goes down ah. injured, and Toluca play on and score the goal. What do you make of it? Uh, Atletico San Luis, uh, their Twitter account was not very happy. It denounced Toluca. Look, this looked like at first an ankle, looks like a knee there. It's an empty net. It's, what should you do? What do you do? You're supposed to you play, play the whistle, on. no? You play on. It's not your fault. You play on. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. You have to play. There is no letter to the law against this. Is it anti-sportsmanship? Nah, I don't know. What would you do in that position? Put the Kick ball in the back of the net. Nah, there it is. There it is. The ruthless killer that is Hercules. By the Gomez. way, ended up 2-2. There you go. Okay. Hercules Gomez all over all the results from uh, Liga Mackey's Femenil. Parting shot, uh, Syria is planning a tournament in the United States during the World Cup, reportedly. Uh, the competition would include all Syria teams, of course, Italian players, all the players not in the World Cup would be available to their teams, which could, of course, include Italy, still in the qualification process. Herc, what do you make of this? A lower level exhibition tournament because the teams you have or the leagues you have will be on a six to eight week break. Welcome to Major League Soccer. Hey, hey. <laughs> so you like it or no? I do like it actually, mm-hmm. but a lot of red tape. Uh, yes. These players will be obviously in a very long break because of the World Cup. Some mm-hmm. of them up to eight weeks, six to eight weeks to be approximate for, for the majority. So you have to assume it's a good chance for Serie A to get exposure in the United States. But the mm-hmm. red tape that I'm talking about is UEFA, CONCACAF, Deal Sam, Uncle Sam, uh, U.S. soccer got to get their take too. Ah, so there's a lot is. of red tape that we saw it with Getafe and I believe some other Spanish team trying to play in the United States in Miami and what happened with UEFA, what happened with La Liga, what happened with U.S. soccer. Lots of red tape, but I love the idea or the premise of. I am very interested to see which side U.S. soccer and the U.S. Soccer Federation takes on this because we know in the past La Liga has wanted to play games here. And I don't believe that U.S. soccer has been all that receptive. Now, well, they when they're not be. receptive, who do they act for? Whose behalf are they acting on? That is the big question, but I'm very interested to see how the Federation handles this. Hercules Gomez, as always, a pleasure to be with you. Football Americas will be back in three days' time with episode 99, Herc. The countdown to 100, well and truly on. They we will see don't you even know what they started. What, the, what have you done, ESPN? Let out of the bag. What have you done?